Welcome to a special edition of the Oasis of Love Community Church Podcast. Today we'll listen in on Apostle Alfred Tego's interview where he discusses his spiritual journey to leadership. Thank you for watching. I am Patrice. I'm a part of the social media ministry here at the Oasis of Love Community Church. And we have members joining from all around the country and people engaging online everywhere. So I wanted to take this opportunity to sit down with our pastor, Apostle Alfred Tago, and get to know him a little bit better. Every time I sit down with you, I love to pick your brain and just get to know you more personally. Um, so we wanted to take this opportunity to do that. So thank you for sitting with me, Pastor. What's welcome. Looking forward to this chat. So, how y'all doing? <laughs> um, so, one of the very first things that I noticed about you, having been here for two years now, um, is your accent. Because we don't hear a lot of that here in the Midwest. We're located in Columbus, Ohio. Although, I'm hearing it a little bit more and more. So, for the people out there that don't know, where are you from? Do I have an accent? No, <laughs> I'm originally from Ghana, West Africa, uh, from a city called Accra, which is our, the capital uh, city of Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, so if you uh, hear any accent, well, that is that is where I'm from, Ghana. Is Pastor Angie from Accra also? Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, we met in Ghana in Accra, actually in a bus, going to another city for college. Anyway, maybe that's for another uh, episode, but uh, but yeah, and then uh, we transitioned here. Awesome. So I'm so glad that you transitioned here. I know that God was thinking of me when he brought you and Pastor Angie here, so I'm so thankful for that. Um, but I've been connected to the Oasis for about two-ish years now, I think. And I've heard you talk a little bit about your life before, um, just through sermons and just through things that you would say. And you talked about like your uh, young adult self. So I was curious, would 20 year old you recognize the you now? No. Okay. No, probably not. Um, actually, God born again, uh, for real. I, I use the word for real because as many will know, some of us have to be born again and again and again, you know. But um, at 19 years old, I had an, uh, an encounter with, spiritual encounter, because I had an encounter with God, I had an encounter with, uh, with demons, you know, went through a whole spiritual crisis, uh, depression. But up until then, I was just a religious uh, boy, you know, went to church with mom, uh, went to the Catholic church. Um, and so just, you know, um, had some Christian upbringing. Mm -hmm. But to look at me today and then uh, is night and day. I think that that's one of the things that I love so much about you and hearing about your story is that I can relate. And I know that for a lot of my friends that sort of grew up in church, even when you talk about being born again for real, yeah. um, and then God kind of arresting you and yes. stopping you in your tracks, yes. that is almost exactly my story. Yes. So um, I just love to hear you minister from that, uh, yeah. that experience, that place of experience also. Um, so I think that this is like a fundamental question, like a foundational question. So why Jesus? Ha! Why Jesus? I think that's a question that over 2,000 years people are still asking. Um, it's a whole theological, if you will, underpinning to it. But simply put, I just go to one scripture. Um, John 14, 6. Jesus himself says why 
He is the one when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one in their right mind will disagree that Jesus, either, you know, they will say either he was a prophet, he was a good man, he was a good teacher. Um, no one yet has been bold enough to say Jesus is or was a lie. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we have to take that at face value. The key word there, which I stressed, was the, uh, the, the uh, article, the. He could have said, I am a way. Mm -hmm. That's what some people want us to believe. There is uh, many ways to God. There is uh, all, all roads leads to heaven. But Jesus categorically refutes that when he says, I am the way. If there is the way, then that is the only way. Uh, and so we come to that uh, understanding and say, okay, then we have to make Jesus our Lord, our personal Savior, and there is no other way mm -hmm. except through him to an encounter with God. Well said. Okay. So <laughs> along that same line, in this time where people are, finding so many ways to find community and to build relationships with other people. Why church? Why is it important to belong to a church mm. and to be in a church? Great question. Um, especially, you know, um, we're having this conversation um, at a time where the world has gone through uh, an upheaval. Mm -hmm. You know, thankfully it seems that we are gradually coming out of it. But for uh, whole year, I just spoke to someone the other day who told me, uh, pastor actually have not been in a church for over a year. You know, people are doing online and, and, and stuff like that, which is good. But God, in his wisdom, created man to be in community, mm -hmm. to be able to feel one another, touch one another. And that community uh, finds its finest expression in a spiritual community that we call church. I know there is a lot of argument, and you hear a lot of people say, well, I can, you know, get to go by myself, you know, I can stay home by myself. Uh, but when we look at the church's formation in the book of Acts, part of that expression was in that community. Mm -hmm. And Bible says, and they were all together in community, praying together, fellowshipping together, following the apostles' doctrine. So we see at the onset of the church, there had to be more than one person in a room somewhere as often as they possibly could gather. Then uh, Paul, who I believe, uh, some disagree, but I believe wrote the uh, uh, book of Hebrews, he confirms it in Hebrews 10.25 uh, when he says, do not forsake yourselves in meeting together, especially seeing the days are short. Now, that was almost 2,000 years ago that scripture is more relevant today as we see what is going on in our world. We are closer to the coming of Jesus than we ever was. And if there was a time where people needed to gather together, this is the time. This is not a time to separate. Right. This is not a time to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, connect online as much as possible with different ministries that bless you. But that is not church as mm -hmm. God intended it to be. So, uh, as much as there is occasion and opportunity for you to be in a place with other uh, like-minded believers who love Jesus, who love God, and you can receive instruction from the word and pray together, that is where God wants you to be. And that's where God 
ultimately meets us. He can meet us in your bedroom by yourself, but there's no place where God really wants to encounter people yeah. than when they come together. As someone who used to try to live life in isolation when it came to spirituality, um, I can say that I have been like met by God and transformed by God, but I think the sustaining and the support yes. really came from being in community, yes. being with other saints. Um, and then the laying on of hands. I oh. mean, if you missed last Sunday, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. But um, God moves here. Yes. And you can feel the presence and the power of God where two or three are gathered. So he, he shows up. Uh, another question sort of in a different uh, vein. Um, so as someone who kind of grew up in church, I know that I used to have one uh, one view of pastors. Mm. even when I heard the name or the title pastor. So I grew up in, um, I didn't really hop around churches a lot. I think I had two main churches throughout my life. Um, but I know a lot of people have had different church hurts, which have kept them from being a part of the body of Christ. Just looking at, you know, a certain leadership that maybe rubbed them the wrong way. Um, what are some misconceptions about pastors or about the title pastor? Um, and and I, I hear your heart when you ask that question. And if you are watching and you have experienced um, church hurt, um, as a pastor, let me first say, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but it is, it is prevalent. You are not alone. I have had church hurt. I, I believe if anyone has um, encountered a church for two days, there is, there is an opportunity for church hurt. Uh, the main reason I'll say, and not to gloss over it, is that as much as the church is God-ordained, it is made up of people. And people are not perfect. Pastors are not perfect. We are still human beings with our own flaws. God is still perfecting us as he is helping us to perfect other people. And sometimes that is the contradiction that we pastors have to uh, go through. Yes, we are anointed, but I tell people that the anointing that comes upon us to do what we do is for the people. After we are done with the service and we go home, we have to live the sermon we just preached like everybody else. And so uh, have some grace and some mercy on, on pastors. But at the same time, I, I want to also say that some pastors have abused their authority, their uh, privilege of leading God's sheep. The word pastor, I think, comes from pastoring, meaning it's a root word for shepherd. All right, Bible says in uh, Psalm 100 that we are the sheep of his pasture. And, 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 and also then God also says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. I will give you pastors after my own heart. The key word there is that they are supposed to oversee the souls of the people with a genuine heart for God not to abuse them, but we look at scripture from Genesis. Even in the Old Testament, God called the elders and the leaders of the tribe of Israel, he called them shepherds. And he called some good and he called some bad. And so just as in every um, sphere of life, uh, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bad baby. Mm -hmm. uh, there are good ones, there are good doctors, there are bad doctors. But I, I, I say we don't we don't say because we encounter some bad doctors, we refuse to go to the hospital. Right. You know, uh, again, this is not to belittle the point. Uh, and if you have encountered a situation where you've been hurt, 
God is not the one who hurt you. Man may have hurt you. And so God still has a place. If you will seek him sincerely, he will connect you to the pastor that will love you, heal you, pray for you, build you up, so you can still fulfill the destiny God has called for you. God is faithful to give us, he says, I will give you pastors after my own heart. I dare say that sometimes, um, we also sometimes, uh, be careful with saying this, we, we, we sometimes join churches, maybe for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that you need to seek God. I believe that you need to pray. And if God connects you to a place, it may not, it may not be perfect, but it will be perfect for you. Yes, and I agree with that. And that's one of the things that I love so much about um, your, your leadership is your transparency. I remember you yes. were preaching a sermon and you were talking about, um, this was maybe a few months ago, but you were talking about condemnation. And one of the things that shocked me was I, was, I thought that sometimes you can sit in church and think you're the only one struggling with something. You yes. think that, God is just talking to you. And just to know that um, my own pastor, um, the enemy was trying to attack him. And this is how he overcame through the Holy Spirit. And then sharing that with me. So um, that I, I love so much. And, and it's important that we often let people know mm -hmm. that we go through similar situations. Mm -hmm. We are no different. Yeah. Uh, we are not on God's you know, specialist, you know. Uh, we are still going through. Paul, uh, one, one uh, scripture that I love so much, I believe it's in 2 Corinthians. Paul encouraged the people that he said he went through some stuff. And the deliverance by which God delivered him by, that's what empowers him to become a deliverer. Mm -hmm. So Paul says we are not exempt. In fact, sometimes God uses us as guinea pigs. Uh, because if you have not really gone through something, uh, it's not always easy to minister mm -hmm. in that area. God may put an anointing upon you. Uh, and so sometimes God allows us pastors to uh, feel what the people feel. Just like Jesus. The Bible says he was tempted in every way mm -hmm. as you and I. And yet without sin. So he says, if I did it, you can do it with the same power that, I, I, that we have overcome. So sometimes it's good to share uh, uh, some testimonies for people to know. I am here not because I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. I am here because I depended on God. Amen. He brought me through. Yeah. He will do the same for you. Amen. And that's such yeah. an encouragement. I love that. Um, and so this is a question that I've actually always been curious about. Um, and I know that although people may not be called to be a pastor, mm -hmm. I would like to know about your experience. Um, when did you realize that you were called to preach? Mm -hmm. And how, um, what was the, pro if you can summarize the process of Ooh. accepting the calling. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's twofold. That, yes, yes, that's a Bible college, okay. <laughs> uh, but real quick, like I think I mentioned earlier, uh, growing up um, with my, my parents and then I'm, the third of three boys. So uh, my mom was the more religious um, parent mm -hmm. and she was Catholic. So that was what we gravitated to. Uh, I was the one who kind of connected more. So I was an altar boy, if you can believe it. Um, and there was even a notion that I would probably become a Catholic priest. That was what I was, if you will, being groomed for and I thought that was my, uh, the place I was supposed to be. But somehow I rejected that because I realized Catholic priests, are you ready for this? They don't get married. And I, I thought in the future, I think I would like to get married. And if I was going to serve God, I wanted to do it right. Yeah. 
So a time came when I began to rebel against that notion. Grooming to become a Catholic priest, but yet having that rebellion just because I wanted to get married. So that tells you where my mind was anyway. Uh, but a time came where I got grieved. I started having encounters, spiritual encounters. Um, I, I could sense demonic presence in my room. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I became confused, if you will. I didn't know what God was doing in my life at that time. I even went through a, a, a point where I began to doubt the very presence of God. Anyway, that's a, a long story. But what brought me out was the closer I got to God, the less oppressed I became. So that became the impetus for my prayer life because I found relief in prayer. I saw, you know, so I, like I said, it, was, it became a night and day. The truth is, I had friends, and I had to get away from those friends just to see God. Mm -hmm. And so they thought I was crazy, and some of them started calling me pastor at that time. And I rejected that because I wanted people to also know that you, you, it's not only pastors who need to be on fire for God. And sometimes that is the notion around there, yeah. that when somebody becomes on fire for God, okay, they are called to the ministry. I believe we are all called to be on fire. I believe we are all called to just go after the heart of God. God in his wisdom will place a different office callings and different ministry gifts, but we all as Christians have to love God and love people. In the course of time, as I was just going after God for myself, not because I thought I was called to ministry, that calling began, if you will, became evident. Mm -hmm. And so I began to preach more, I began to, um, you know, pray more, you know, went to church, started leading different ministries. You won't believe it. I've led praise and worship before, you know, children's ministry. But I look back and I saw that God, through all those opportunities, was grooming me. And then finally, of course, uh, maybe we'll talk about that later on. I, I went to, the, uh, to college. I felt called to go to Bible college. Didn't know where, but God... Put, uh, in my heart to come to the U.S. to go to Bible college. Mm -hmm. Again, not just to become a pastor. Um, I didn't uh, actually pastoring the, this church five years ago, but I've been in ministry for over 20 years. So once again, you don't have to have a title mm -hmm. to do what God has called you to do. You just do what God has called you to do. Preach, just minister. At the appropriate time, God himself, like he did with Paul and Barnabas, they were teaching, they were preachers, but one time in prayer, God says, okay, I've separated Paul and Barnabas for another ministry, and that's when they became apostles. They, they were in ministry for probably, at that point, 10, 15, 20 years before they really entered into the fullness of their call. So I would say that is the journey. I cannot pinpoint a particular day, a particular time, a particular encounter that let me know, okay, you are called to the ministry. Mine evolved. But it was out of her heart to pursue God. If I stop preaching today, I want to love God yeah. more than I do today. So. Yeah, and I think I grabbed two beautiful nuggets from that. One, you don't have to have a title to do what God has called exactly. you to do. I think that is uh, something that we always need to keep before us. And two, I love when you can look back over your life and your journey and then put the puzzle pieces together and say, God, this I see what you were doing the whole yes. time. And know that God's hand never left you and that he was guiding you um, along the right path. Okay, so now I want to switch gears 
um, and get to know you, <laughs> another side of you. So, um, like I said before, I'm so glad that God called his son out of Ghana <laughs> to Columbus, Ohio, the place of my birth. Um, so, what was the toughest part about moving from Accra to Columbus? Wow. Um, leaving everything behind mm -hmm. and everyone. Now, the good, the, the goodness of God and the good thing was just before I moved, I got married to my college sweetheart, uh, my wife. And so I think that made it easy. So it's not like I was alone. Mm -hmm. But uh, coming to Columbus, I didn't know a soul, mm -hmm. pretty much. The only person I knew who was in Columbus was someone through God's benevolence. I met at the airport in Ghana. Again, okay. uh, you know, there's more story behind that because we're coming to America, coming to America. <laughs> um, I, I had some relatives maybe in other states um, on the West Coast, okay. um, you know, but I didn't know about Columbus and God says you are coming to World Harvest Bible College. People said there's no one there, you don't know anybody. I said, well, that's where God called me. It just so happened that when I was about to board my flight from Ghana, Accra, to the U.S., I met a friend of mine who was, who, who was seeing another friend off at the airport. And he asked me, where are you going? I said, well, I'm heading to the U.S., to Columbus, to go to Bible college. He said, no, you won't believe this. I'm just seeing a friend off who came from Columbus to visit Ghana. Let me connect you two. I said, that's great. So he introduces me to uh, Godson, that's his name. I won't forget his name because he became a lifesaver. And so long story short, fast forward, uh, my wife was at uh, Michigan at the time. We came for a few days before we drove uh, down to Columbus to start my Bible college uh, career. And didn't know anything about the, the way the U.S. works. I thought if I had a little money, I could just go and get an apartment. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what credit score was and everything like that. And so... We were trying to get an apartment while we we're still in Michigan for a few days um, to move into once um, we get to Columbus. And nobody would give us anything because we didn't have credit. I thought no credit meant good credit. <laughs> no. Um, and so it was a culture shock. Then I remember God reminded me in a way that is why I allowed you to meet that gentleman in Accra. See, God, when he gives a vision, will make provision. Mm -hmm. God already was ahead of me. He had already come to Columbus before me to let me know it was going to be all right. So I called the gentleman I had just met a few days prior in Ghana on his way. And I said, God said, this is the problem I'm in. I'm heading to Columbus. Don't have nowhere to stay. What do you want us to do? He said, no problems. Just come on. So we land in Columbus. He picks us up and he keeps us for two weeks in his own house helps us to settle. I mean, that was God's uh, uh, problems. But to answer the question directly, I, I had to leave my mom back home, uh, friends, everything mm -hmm. that I knew uh, back home. And that was, um, if there was anything tough about the move, that, that was it. Yeah. But God was gracious. You know, he didn't make us feel um, alone throughout uh, the journey. Mm. Well, praise God. Is there one word you can use to describe your first night in one word, cold. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very fitting word. I think it was like 36 last week. Yeah, because we, someone said, you picked the wrong time to move. 
I, we landed in Lansing, Michigan. I remember December 29, and I was supposed to start school uh, January 14, I believe. So I landed in Lansing. It was three, four inches of snow. Never seen that white stuff in my life, only on TV. And then got on Greyhound for about 14, 15 hours from Lansing to come to Columbus. Yes, yeah, so I started my journey in the U.S. in Columbus below zero temperatures. Wow. And not having the jacket to match it. So um, it, it took us a few, a few days to get acclimated to what was going on, but um, still don't like the white, the white stuff unless it shows up on Christmas. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed. What is your vision for the social media ministry? What do you hope to accomplish through, you know, increased uh, engagement and increasing the presence of the Oasis? The, especially the times we live in, we have become um, a global community within a local context. Mm -hmm. um, social media is where everybody is now and so I believe um, God has allowed it to be so such that we can reach more people like we are doing now virtually even more so physically mm -hmm. so anyhow that we can reach more people mm -hmm. in this day and age is the route we need to take and I believe that social media is giving us the opportunity to, for people to allow us into their world to impact them with the gospel, mm -hmm. for them to know what God is able to do physically, but also virtually. One of the uh, scriptures, I think, which uh, uh, people are still discovering is in the book of Re Revelation, in the last days, the Bible says there are these two witnesses that are going to show up. Mm -hmm and witness and yet people are going to come against them and they are going to be killed and bible says that the whole world is going to be watching that before social media we thought oh that was maybe cnn and you know the fox newses and then you know uh, traditional media but today look at what we just experienced last year with a joint floor mm -hmm. that unfortunate um, uh, racial mm -hmm. um, uh, situation that sparked a whole movement in our nation. Mm -hmm. What was the difference? Because there were phones. Social media is now what people will begin to use right. and everybody will see what is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you see that I believe when that uh, episode happens, people are going to be doing uh, Facebook Live or you know Twitter Live, Instagram Live. Yes, the CNS will be there. But what is going to let the whole world's eye be on that um, activity? I believe is going to be the social media. Mm -hmm. And so the church has to prepare itself, position itself, and, and, and become uh, social media friendly. Mm -hmm. Be have a presence there uh, because what we have seen is. We are having more people connecting with us via social media than at the moment physically. Mm -hmm. All right. I love the physical portion. I encourage you to come and visit us over at the Oasis in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but if you're not able to, we are still here and we can still connect yeah. uh, via social media. And that's what we want to reach as many people as we can. And thank God for your life and for our social media team. 
you all are doing a wonderful job, but I believe the best is yet to come. Yeah, amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know my generation, we often run to social media yeah. first, and a lot of times they have the news before the CNN, the yes. guys. So it's so yes. wonderful to see a message of hope out there Thank instead you. of just a, a lot of what we see on social media. Yes. And to wrap it up, um, when a visitor or a newcomer hears of the Oasis or hears your name, um, what is the one thing that you want to come to their mind first? Oh. Without a doubt, there's only one word, love. Um, God is love. To encounter God is to encounter love. And when God put the vision for Oasis in our hearts, there are other and, uh, and there are other places called you know o o Oasis, just that. But He made sure that we added that it was going to be the Oasis of Love Community Church. Mm -hmm. So if someone walks in here today, I want them to breathe love. I want them to encounter love. I want them to live with love. And so we say here, uh, we are loving God first, loving people. When we love God, we are empowered to love people. Uh, some people think that they are loving people, but you can really love people if it is not connected to the love of God. Yeah. So our goal is to connect people first to the love of God and let that love heal their hearts so they can begin to release it. I like to say this uh, recently, that we are, uh, we are loved people who are loving people. We are blessed people who are blessing people. We are healed people who are healing people. We are delivered people who are delivering people. But it always starts with love. So if that somebody asks me that question, that's the word that comes to mind. If they live here and they didn't think about love, there's something that they missed, and we have to go back to the ground there. Amen. Well, I can say that I definitely felt the love even uh, my first time being here. Um, so that's what made you and the whole congregation, the whole body stand out and be set apart. So I hope that everyone watching, and if you come visit us, that you definitely feel the love, the love of God. Um, so thank you so much, Pastor, for sitting down and talking yes. to me. I could listen to you talk all day. And as you guys see, he has so much to share, so much yes. wisdom and wealth of knowledge. So I hope this interview blesses you and blesses yes. me. So thank you so much. Thank you. And please come visit 3171 Schwartz Road. We want to throw the red carpet for you. So uh, let us know if you are planning to come so we can make some uh, some things available for you. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Oasis of Love Community Church Podcast. Please join us next week as we start our Effectual Prayer Series.